If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It is IGN's weekly Xbox show. It is, gosh, October. I have to look down. That's how deep into the year we are. October 18th. My goodness. We are in the heart of the fall game season. I'm Ryan McCaffrey here in the IGN San Francisco studio, joined as always. To my left, Sela Chung. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I when you were like, oh, it is October. <laughs> I was I was thinking, wait, what time? What what day yeah, is wait, it? I what? have to look at everything. Yeah, it is the 18th. And I can't believe this. I feel like we were just talking about how it was March. I know it's and every week is a big new game. Yeah, it's just it's felt like that uh, no matter what platform you play on. And so making up for last year. Love it. Uh, we're enjoying this fall season. Khalif Adams from Spawn on Me. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. Good to see all of you and excited because we are now mere days away from the NBA season starting. It is basketball time. It is ready to throw things at your TV yes. and get mad at your family and friends for all the things that are going wrong. But it's going to be fantastic. To see yeah, I think my Booker jersey is coming out for next week's show because it's oh, uh, son's got go. the new uniforms inspired by the, <laughs> the 90s uniforms, which are my favorite. So. Mm -hmm. Little sne fashion sneak peek for next week. You got to you got to <laughs> bust out a, a Ewing jersey or, or whatever you got going on, and let's do it. I guess, I guess I'll you know what I'll match you next next week. Right. We'll, I'll, I'll rock my jersey too. Love it, love it. Destin Legary, I saw the saw the X come up at the beginning of the show. How are you? Every time, bam! Hey everybody, <laughs> good to see you, my gotta friend. Br got to bring a little hype. Well, you sound kind of kind of tired right now. You you got you got any hype left for us? No, you guys started talking about basketball, and I just start tuning out. So I'm just like, oh, all right. We're going to well, talk about sports. Then we're going to talk about Destin's favorite thing, uh, which is the Activision Blizzard <laughs> oh. merger. And before yeah. everybody hits stop and delete on this episode, we're not actually going to talk about any of the legal crap anymore. It's over. It is done. Regardless of what the FTC is Say, says in court and their appeal and whatever f those guys it's over the merger <laughs> happened good luck undoing it now 
So uh, now we get to talk about the video games. Now, there are a couple of interesting game-related follow-ups, and that's kind of what the heart of this week's podcast is going to be about. So let's just dive right in. So Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard King has now officially happened. So let's dive in. Now, uh, I guess for context, this I had to look this up because I was like, it just... It feels like we've been talking about this, like it's the yeah. It's been like decades of our careers, yeah, that have gone by. In actuality, it's six hundred and thirty-eight days. Two that's years, a long almost. time. <laughs> no, that's a, yeah, that's a lot. It's, yeah, it's a lot of days. I'm sure if we went it's back, it's not that long. It's just you know, <laughs> six hundred and thirty-eight consecutive days of talking about. It. <laughs> yeah, two it's, years of your life. It's uh, it's, it's too much. I can do the calculator. Yeah, <laughs> we could, but we'll we'll. Uh, I think 638 days makes the point enough. January 18th, 2022 is when it was announced to the public that Microsoft intended to acquire Activision Blizzard King. The 638 days. We can now stop the counter, uh, and 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 maybe we should have a a digital whiteboard back here. That's that's like with the you know how there's the it has been. X number of oh, days since God. the last workplace accident. Yeah. We, can do, we can now reset it. It has been zero days since the last Microsoft acquisition. And we could just we could just keep a tally that way. So uh, I'm going to task our producer with getting on that. Get right back here. Just ruining the entire shot behind us. So it happen. No. Um, all right. So Phil Spencer, to kind of commemorate this and address some some commonly asked questions, went on the official Xbox podcast, which, if you will all indulge me for a moment, as we look at a little bit of footage of it, and our old friend Hi, Tina Amini. Hi, Tina. Tina. Um, it's Jeff. J- Jeff Rubenstein, well, yes. It, it does sit a little weird with me. That I don't know that guy, actually. I know they're Microsoft and they own it. Yeah. And I never <laughs> worked for Microsoft and never owned it, but the, I was on the official Xbox magazine for... 10 years and we did koxm radio the official xbox magazine <laughs> podcast so the fact that they have now taken over the name and are, and are calling it in since major nelson left mm-hmm. and is no longer obviously the major nelson podcast now that they're calling it the official xbox podcast it just feels wrong to me i know it's it's me and me alone maybe my seven other co-workers from the oxm <laughs> team but um i guess it is what it is if anything i feel like that we should just i should just get to keep that even though I work at IGN now, we could, it could be this. Yeah. But I <laughs> got to get to put the little branding tag of right above unlocked. You got to do it. <laughs> no, that's all right. We are unofficial as it gets. So we say whatever we want. I think their set looks great. I don't like the yellow couches though. That's my one critique. <laughs> Destin. I like great. Coming in hot. Couches. <laughs> yeah. I'm a super hot take. Set gray, designer. Gray couches, couches. That's please. That's a very that'd be a very Xbox 360 era thing to do, Destin. Would be the gray oh, okay. couch, which I which I'm, I'm very, on board for. I'm more for a muted design. Yeah. <laughs> Would have so been a black couches back in the original Xbox era. And then the well, Xbox the One green, era. It would make the green pop more. They it's all like <laughs> in that in the color wheel, like it's all in the the green yellow section, the whole set design. But anyway, I love that it was a spent. great show. I love the show. I want I want, De- I want Destin to go into the podcast reviews and go in there. I was like, this is fucking up all the color theory. I'm sorry. <laughs> now I'm afraid to to uh, 
do this show from home because I feel like Destin's going to be judging oh. my, my shot, my background <laughs> at home. I know. Well, I red do. and blue here. I don't know. He's ruining all of it. All right, I judge let's... everybody's shot. I judge my own shot. Like, my lighting was a little off today. And ahead of the show, I'm just like, I'm changing my, my uh, frame. Well, on the plus side, one fiftieth. We're not in. We're not in yellow chairs. No, nobody's sitting in a yellow chair. You know who does though? Harris Lily, industry shill. I said it. Okay. Exposing it. Exposing it right now. No, just playing. This is the most inside baseball episode. Oh, see, those chairs look great. Yeah. All right, I Destin, I got to move on. I got to move on, pal. Let's. We, we've lost three quarters of the audience already. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about the fun aftermath of this acquisition rather than the legal nonsense of the acquisition itself. During an appearance on the official Xbox podcast, in fairness to Destin, I started us on that huge derail. So it's, I accept responsibility for that. Uh, on the official Xbox podcast, Phil Spencer was questioned about the recent news that we wouldn't see a massive drop of Activision Blizzard games on Game Pass immediately after the deal was finalized, as many of us had expected. As it was pointed out, a flood of Game Pass newcomers happened when Xbox acquired ZeniMax. 20 Bethesda slash ZeniMax games dropped onto the service just days later, including some of the company's biggest franchises. And Phil says... Well, they're coming eventually, but the regulatory challenges surrounding the acquisition made it a bit trickier to navigate. Phil says, quote, the truth of the matter is with Activision Blizzard King that the regulatory process took so long. And frankly, there was a lot of uncertainty in that process up until really a week before we closed or the week of when the CMA finally came down to their decision that we weren't able to get in and work with most uh, work with mostly Activision Blizzard in this case on that back catalog of work. So now that the deal is closed, we're starting that work, but there is work. And, and then he references, I believe, the, the Call of Duty tweet from last week that talked about 2024. I think that's accurate. I would love it if there was some kind of secret celebration drop that was coming in the next couple of weeks. There's not. So uh, just, to, just to put a bow on that, it sounds like. Now, from the back catalog, Khalif, you're, you and I are the olds here. Mm -hmm. Activision Blizzard, what would you dust off just in terms of, and I'm not talking about revivals. We're actually going to talk about that in a few minutes, but just stuff from the back catalog that Activision Blizzard hasn't done anything with that you'd like to see given the, the poured up treatment, like similar to uh, the Quake 2 remaster that we got that just dropped right onto Game Pass not too long ago, you know, where it wasn't like a full-blown remake, but they put a nice, you know, took a nice pass over it, and now we have a mm. nice playable version of Quake 2 on Game Pass. What what from their catalog would you like to see that same treatment be given to here in the near future? Ooh, man, I, I haven't done enough research to go back into the catalog. I think, um, interestingly enough, super, super, super old game from the Activision catalog, I wouldn't mind seeing a new Pitfall game. Oh, that would be kind of fun. I know they did a, re a revision that happened probably 10 to 15 years ago that did not really land well, but I think now it would be kind of interesting to see a new Pitfall game come out. I, I want to go back to stuff that's like old yeah, games I mean, that were on, on the Atari or something like that. Adventurer <laughs> daring to risk the wilds. 
What? <laughs> over large crevasses and crocodiles crocodiles <laughs> landing on crocodile heads crocodile oh my god oh, our like i wouldn't Red mind oh. i wouldn't mind i mean it's a game that i grew up and loved like those are games that i you remember keystone capers is another one of those games that's back in the day that's like very very old but i, I think of the super old stuff nothing that a lot of kids would know now <laughs> or had played at this point but really really old going back in the deep all right well there. yeah you, you're getting a little ahead of me with in terms of revivals because i'll tell you a pitfall yeah. revival done in the tomb raider uncharted style oh, in the right wow. hands could be awesome could be really good it'd be There's really good destin uh in terms of again sort of the the touch-up ports like like quake 2 recently from the Activision Blizzard catalog. Anything you'd like to see get added to, to Game Pass here? Prototype. Nice. Prototype mm -hmm. 1 and 2. Yeah. Games were pretty solid. They were built sort of in the same vein as Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, but because they likely don't have the licensing rights to Hulk, and it's probably a lot more expensive because the MCU happened, uh, get Prototype on Game Pass. I think that would be a great drop. I think it's a really, really good game that I wish more people had a chance to play. Um, you just get these cool powers and you can like rip a car in half and then make Hulk hands like he's smashing up a tank there. <laughs> it's a very, very fun game. Um, yeah, you get flight near the end of the game. I, I played a lot of this one. Very, very fun title. I think it would be cool if they just made their own version of a lot of the the superhero properties out there and just created their own sort of MCU because like Raven worked on the Wolverine game back in the yep. day and had sort of the healing factor stuff that I, I adore. Uh, somebody just wrote an article saying like, man, that, that intro from X-Men Origins Wolverine really holds up. It's still violent like to this day. Mm -hmm. And they really captured what Wolverine was all about. Prototype really captured this idea of a, a shape-shifting character with Hulk-like abilities. And yeah, it's, it is really, really fun. I really think that people would enjoy it if they got to play it again. That's a great call. Yeah, I like that a lot. This, you know, you're you're definitely like an anti-hero in this game, as is yeah. probably obvious already from the fact that you're <laughs> like mean, absorbing people. A little bit. <laughs> but yeah, this was this was good stuff. And and I'm Destin. I'm glad you mentioned Hulk Ultimate Destruction because that's you mentioned it because it's the same studio. Which sadly they're not yeah. around anymore. Free Radical yeah. uh, was the studio. Which now. Was it at Radical Entertainment or was it Free Radical? Did they change I'm sorry, their name? You at some are point? correct. Radical. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Uh, Free Radical was the Time Splitters people. My bad on that. Thank you got for. It. You got my back, as always. But yeah, super talented team. Hulk, Hulk Ultimate Destruction back in the original Xbox days was one of the yeah. first good superhero games, period. Because that was back mm -hmm. when superhero games were mostly just phoned in shovelware, they were just garbage. And yeah, I still have my copy. and. Hulk Ultimate Destruction was great. I actually got to meet one of the, the people who worked on it. His name is Ben Geisler. He was my teacher when I was in going to school for game design. Obviously, I didn't finish that degree. I ended up just getting the multimedia degree when I realized how expensive it would be <laughs> to get the, uh, the full degree and uh, worked out well. Worked out okay for me. We're, we're happy to have you. <laughs> Although we'd, we'd be happy to have you making games too, I'm sure. But we're, we're happy that you're here with us. Stella, anything that comes to mind, Activision Blizzard, that you'd like to see just kind of just ported up and dropped on the Game Pass for our modern enjoyment? Nothing 
nothing that really interests me right now. I know a lot of people would say, oh, Tony Hawk for sure. But I think, see, the, the game I'm interested in a revival in, which is the only thing that I'm really interested in. Which we'll get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'll, I'll wait then. Well, yeah. I'll wait, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> just give two here, uh, or I guess technically it's three, because I would love to see Heretic and Hexen, either or both, just ported up in the same way that Doom and Doom 2 were ported over to the 360 years ago and are still playable now. Uh, and of course, Quake 2 much more recently. But yeah, I mean, call up Night Dive Studios. They seem to be a, a professional port house these days of doing these kind of just subtle remasters to to bring things, you know, add a few little modern touches. This is Hexen we're looking at here oh. if you are watching us on video. The sequel to Heretic. In fact, I'm just, I, I picked... Uh, I picked John Romero's autobiography that came out recently back up. I had set it aside to read the Elon Musk biography. Now I'm back to the Romero piece. Uh, and he talks a lot about Heretic and Hexen and how uh, he actually was, he had a really big hand in, in making these games, but he, he gives a lot of props to Raven Software. Deservedly so, Raven's so talented. And yeah, Hexen was, was like the ultimate sort of medieval fantasy first-person action game. And I think it would hold up reasonably well, just as Doom had, the original Doom has. So I'd love to see that come back a little bit. And then uh, I'll throw out one other one, although this one's trickier because it, there's licensing, with like a lot of licensing, but Guitar Hero. If there were a way to untangle <coughs> all of the licensing and legalese from with all the music, all the bands, all the record companies... It would be awesome to see Microsoft. I mean, they just spent $69 billion. So what's, I don't know, 10? I have no clue what a, a new run of instruments that are compatible with the Series X would cost to do you know, a, a decent size run of them. But uh, I know it'd be a drop in the bucket compared to $69 billion, but I'd love to see a fresh run of instruments that are compatible with the Series X and Series S. And just just... Bring the old ones over. I don't even necessarily need a new one. Just get, bring the whole catalog over uh, over to the, the, the consoles we have and put it under, I don't care, I guess put it under whatever the last major Guitar Hero was. was it might have been World Tour, I think was the last big one. I think so, anyway. something like that, yeah. I, I have a few more I could mention if Please. you want to keep talking about yeah. some of the, the bigger ones. So you want me to just rattle them off or go on? Yeah, again, make, and we're going to talk revivals in a minute. So if you have, yeah. but if you're just talking back catalog stuff that you want to see, you know, ported up and, and put on the Game Pass, by all means, go for it. Okay. Well, I mean, I StarCraft would be a big one, but I that's sort of like the StarCraft and WarCraft. If those come to Game Pass, it's going to be a very significant deal, but that's sort of a different conversation. You the think Destiny is... Hold on. Yeah. Des, do you think... Uh, those could be, since they were so designed for mouse and keyboard, and yes, There's you're right. PC, PC Game Pass is a thing, so. Right, but I'm just wondering, yeah. do, you think, do you think, just thinking about them in your mind, that they could be adapted to a gamepad, or, or do you think it would have to be like Starcraft a PC-only thing? was on thing? Nintendo 64. That's true. Was it any yeah, good so, on the N64? <laughs> I think it was, actually. And uh, I, I think with how successful they were with how they handled Halo Wars and the ability to jump around between units there, I think they could absolutely make StarCraft work and WarCraft work 
on on a gamepad. They made it work for Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm sure with all the custom overlays out there and such, you could probably play a game like Warcraft at least <laughs> at least to a certain point on keyboard and mouse. And the Xbox Series X and S support keyboards That's true. Inputs and mouse. That is true. So but that's that's sort of an aside. The games I wanted to bring up, there's two of them. You brought up Raven. Uh, we should mention Soldier of Fortune. You know, I, I think that's an IP that has been long dormant that can be brought back. It's a license, and, though. Is it? That's a magazine. Okay, Soldier of that. Fortune is a real-life gun magazine. So, okay. not, again, not saying it's impossible, just just mentioning that little caveat. Seems seems like they could get that one. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they have Call of Duty, so I get they're focusing there. Uh, the other one, uh, Singularity. I don't nice. know if we mentioned Singularity, but with the, the TMD, the time manipulation device, and the cool mechanics that that game implemented that would later be revisited with a game like Titanfall 2, a game that y'all totally love and adore. That I think is pretty okay. <laughs> Singularity yeah. was Raven's last original game before they were uh, were sentenced to a a lifetime of of Call of Duty support. <laughs> yeah, that's that true. was their last game. And as I remember it, this is just my memory of it. I don't I don't have any actual facts or numbers to back this up, but I remember that game being like not marketed at all at all by Activision that they were just like, yep, we just wanted to get this, get this out of the way. Um, but that's, that's my recollection of it. But yeah, singularity, good call Destin. That'd be a great one to just, just throw right back on the service. Just get it running on the, on the series S and series X and you could have a good time with it. Also on the official Xbox podcast, Phil Spencer spoke on the company's strategy for how it allocates its owned catalog of IPs to its development studios, reassuring that Xbox isn't out there compelling any of its studios to revive over older franchises that they aren't interested in. He said he frequently meets with the Xbox teams to learn what they're passionate about and is happy to let teams dig into the Xbox vault for franchises they're personally interested in. Quote, I just don't think that a team working on something that isn't their passion leads to the best result. So I might have my list of things from my memories and history that I want to see made again. Everybody will. When I just think about it, not just about Activision Blizzard King, you add in Bethesda, you add in Xbox's history, Rare. The amount of franchises that we now have in our portfolio is kind of inspiring. It's daunting. I feel that we have to be a great custodian for the content that we touch. These are memories for people on different platforms, different decades, and I want to make sure that when we're going back and visiting something, that we do it with our complete ability, a motivated team that wants to go work on something and make a difference, not just create something for financial gain or create something for a PR announcement and not deliver. So here's the part where we talk about some IPs we might want to see revive. Now that Xbox owns... Activision and Blizzard, along with, of course, of course, Bethesda, tried to combine those two words. It didn't go well. Stella, I will now, I cut you off earlier. <laughs> now is the part where I want to hear uh, these revival thoughts that you have. So I am a huge fan of Heroes of the Storm. I would love to see them bring that back because they did stop support kind of recently uh, over the past couple of years. And 
it was such a good game. It was a very good MOBA. I don't even like MOBAs. I played League for a little bit, but then that got really toxic. Also, it wasn't very fun trying to learn all of the uh, different characters. So I would love if they brought back Heroes of the Storm. I know that people still play it, but also a lot of people want a controller um, support for the game as well so they can relax because it was very much a very casual game you could just jump into. It was very... It was very open to beginners as well, too. So as soon as you start playing, you're like, oh, this is easy to understand. Got it. So I think if they made this cross-platform and honestly added controller support on PC, it would do really well. Yeah. Also, it has, like, all of Blizzard's, like, IPs in there. So, I mean, it would just be really good for Xbox to be like, hey, can we actually maybe sneak in some Call of Duty people or, like, some you know, like crash in there, you know, like stuff like Maybe that. Maybe a little Master Chief. It could yeah. be kind of cool. Yeah. So I'm just like, I, I personally just loved this game so much. And I was so sad that they were cutting off support for it. Esports also for it was um, getting put away. So I'd love to see this come back. And probably, I presume, from Blizzard itself. You'd want to see a team within Blizzard. I think so. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think they can both. I think Blizzard and Xbox and whoever else they have on their team that they could collaborate with, they could all share, you know, how to maintain a live service game, right? Because they all have experience with it now, sure. so yeah. It, it's still, it's funny how I'm guessing probably, well, I wouldn't venture a percentage, but a lot of people in our audience that may be watching on video, <laughs> that they they probably have no idea about Nova's history, about StarCraft Ghost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a, a uh, I believe, twice-canceled third-person action stealth game for the original Xbox and PS2 never came to be. Never came out. It was going to be a StarCraft spinoff stealth game back That's in cool. the Splinter Cell Metal Gear era. That one still kind of hurts when I think about it, that that game, that game never got made. Maybe I should add that to my list. Yeah, actually. Star I, StarCraft I, Ghost. Phil, <laughs> I know you're listening at the dog park. Let's do it. Why is it always the dog park? I don't know. It's, this is, that's his routine. That's what he told me. <laughs> okay, uh, listen okay. at the dog park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> uh, Khalif. You uh, you started down this road a few minutes ago with Pitfall. You got any other revivals, like full-on, let's put a team on this, let's make a new game with one of these classic IPs? It's funny, so I'm, I'm, because I, this is a space that I usually forget things, uh, I kind of went to their wiki to go look at some stuff that they had there too, and they had a game that they did as a port and I'm looking at it now that I would actually really love to see it was a port that went to a platform that we all know and love the 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 Commodore 64. Oh, in, going in the Wayback Machine here. Way Wayback Machine in Battle Chess, which is a game that I actually really really loved way 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 back in the day. I know that's super niche. I know it's a thing that people don't think about, but it's a game that I actually really got me to learn how to play chess. That's awesome. um, and it was yeah. it was a game that that broadened out what that idea was for me, and and it had like this really cool moment that Mortal Kombat then stole some years later in one of their 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 latest not latest games but one of the games in their lineage where they had a kind of chess battle uh, component, and they stole it from this game, which was which was actually pretty awesome. You would go into this really quick uh, moment where you'd have the mo the the pieces take each other, and they would fight on the board, and then they would kind of take each other off the board. So. Battle Chess is a game that I didn't think about for years, so that's that's a good thing to pull back into. I like that. It's a memory. Little uh, little star dot star comma eight comma one action. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Ninety nine percent of the audience just went, "What?" <laughs> what They're what like, did he just "You're say? how does he still talk on his podcast? He's dead. <laughs> He's dead." <laughs> 
<laughs> he's, he's an animated he's corpse. Old. He's so old. Um, yeah. Well, they let anybody podcast. That's what I've learned. They do. Yeah. That's what no, happens. They really though. do. <laughs> it's like I'm sitting next to proof. No, that's not <laughs> right, right here. <laughs> It's like, is there, is he, is it like a, is, is there somebody with his, with a hand up his back? Just like, <laughs> there's going to be some, some, some old person in, in, in the audience is going to be like, I love you, Kali, for bringing up battle. Aww. Absolutely. I'll, and we, and I'll, that's, I'll and that's that who that we one. do the podcast for. Is that, <laughs> is that person? Uh, no, we do the podcast for everybody. We have, we have a good time regardless of age uh, or, uh, or background. It's, it's for everybody. Uh, Destin Legary, big budget, throw a team at it, grab, an, grab something from the back catalog that maybe Activision Blizzard hasn't done anything with in a while. Go. Can it, can it have licensing issues? I Is get, okay? why not? I mean, it's just Transformers for fun. Transformers War for Cybertron. That would be my top pick. I have yeah. another one that they own the rights to. Yeah. I, I. So like that would be my pick just because do, do that we, game was great. Do we know it's that they fans. do we know that they don't have the Transformers license anymore? Or I have no idea. So, okay, I have well, no idea. I don't know. They do. This so. game was really really fun. Oh, this looks cool. Oh yeah, yeah it was really that. really was fun. Good. Anybody who knows Transformers War for Cybertron adores it mm -hmm. and has been hoping that they just do something with the Transformers IP, and they have a few properties like that i don't want to take stella's entry so you can come back to me but this would be my <laughs> top pick if if they were to revisit a franchise do something with transformers there's so many cool design things you could do with a robot that can turn into a car modernize it it's just it's just a perfect a perfect opportunity for a big win on on their part i think Excellent call. I mean, this is uh, so. This is High Moon Studios, an Activision-owned mm. studio that they really cracked the code on making a good Transformers game, uh, similar to the way that that Radical cracked the code on on making just a good superhero game with Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Yeah, this there hadn't really been any good Transformers games up until High Moon got going with theirs. And excellent pick, Destin. I like this one. Uh, I'll give you a few. I, I wrote down a few as a thought exercise here. I think maybe one or two of these, I think I've said on the show before, but... Did Stella go? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure. Did you have another one, Destin? I have two. Okay, keep, I, go ahead, I, please. I, I th so one thing Xbox really needs is they really need a technical showcase. And there are two IPs that they own that they could revitalize and revamp and utilize, though... Utilized to be their Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank is basically Insomniac showing off the rest of the industry how awesome they are and what they're capable of, right? So Activision has two games like that that could be utilized for the same thing Crash Bandicoot and they have Spiral the Dragon. Mm. Go back to the drawing board with those IP. Don't like reformulate the characters or their goofiness or, or whatever, but figure out a way that you can start utilizing those as test beds to make an awesome game for that target audience that will also create technology that can be used in, say, Prototype 3, if they were to bring back Prototype 3 or Transformers 
if they were to bring back Transformers, because that's what Insomniac does. They use Ratchet and Clank to just show off what they're able to do. And then that technology of jumping through the portals and everything like that, we see that now in Spider-Man 2, where you're able to fast travel instantaneously. So I, I think there's an opportunity there. And they would be able to not only make great video games using beloved characters in their catalog, but then also utilize that technology in their other products. So we heard from Destin talking uh, about Transformers, which is awesome. Just uh, great games from sadly now too long ago. So I'm with Destin. We need a new one there. I'm going to give you four. And I've even got studios matched up for them. I, I, I did some extra credit on my homework here. Mm. So this is, this is specifically, I'm talking to Phil Spencer right now. Everybody else is welcome to listen in. So I, again, two of these I think I've said before, and I'll give you those first. So Hexen, yes, I want it to come back, and I want machine games to do it after they do Indiana Jones. That would just be, they'd be the perfect fit for that. They make great RP, uh, great first-person shooters, pardon me, uh, story-driven specifically. So uh, I think they'd be awesome to do Hexen. If, of course, as Phil said in his quote, if they were interested in doing it, he's not going to force any revival on any studio that doesn't want to do one. And then Mech Assault, which came up a couple shows ago. I'll just repeat what I mentioned real quick. And that's uh, Destin's got him busy. Destin's got High Moon Studios busy going back to Transformers. I would be putting High Moon Studios on Mech Assault. I mean, the, the clip we were watching there of one of the one of the Transformers games is kind of Mech Assault-y. So um, I think they would do a, tr a fantastic job, a tremendous job. I'll give you two more. So again, I'm I'm uh, I'm very politely going <laughs> against Destin here, trying to trying to fight for the same studio's time and bandwidth. Destin, you said Toys for Bob that would you know you bring bring Spyro or Crash back? Oh. And that's who's, yeah. that's who's done those games. I would want to grab Toys for Bob and have them do a Banjo-Kazooie game. That one's for you, Paris, and for all of us. Destin, I, we, we, let, your, no. your feelings are known on this topic. No. Let, let it go. Let Banjo <laughs> go. Sorry, everybody. Khalif is with him. <laughs> Nodding Thank along. you, Dustin. Thank you, Dustin, for really? saying the truth. Oh, Take I... any of the cool mechanics you liked with Banjo, give him the crash. Nobody wants those games. <laughs> wow. <laughs> crash, was, crash was remastered and it sold very well for Activision. That's true. surprised by the sales. That so is like, true. That's why I'm like, yeah, put a little bit more towards Crash Bandicoot. Well, I, what think, if, I think you got something there. Well, what if the characters in Banjo because you are cuter than Crash? <laughs> Bear and the bird. And like, Bear you know, the they're more marketable. I get that Crash has that weird, like, Dorito shaped body. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, we're sponsored by Pringles, not Doritos. Oh, I'm sorry. A, uh, a very, uh, oh, no. It was, it's a, a, the shape of a broken Pringles chip. Yeah, yeah. He's strategically All right. Let me give you one more. And I think. I have a feeling Khalif's going to be with me on this one. I think Stella, I love you, but I think uh -huh. you're going to be a little too young for this one. I, I okay. don't, yeah. We'll look it up later. <laughs> Destin, I'm, you're kind of a wild card for me. I don't know if you'll remember this, but I would want to bring back Interstate 76 <laughs> and hand it to Playground Games. Playground Ooh. would crush 
a new Interstate 76. And if you're not familiar with Interstate 76, look it up on YouTube or Wikipedia or both. It is a, a sort of early open world car action game where you could get out of the car. It wasn't like Grand Theft Auto at all, but it was very story driven. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, see this, it, it, boy, it's been oh, a long man. time. Huh. This wow. used to look amazing and now it looks like absolute <laughs> awfulness by modern oh, standards. Wow. I haven't seen this in so long. This looks so rough. For the folks who are not watching the video form, yeah, it, is, it is it is a muddy, muddy, muddy looking game. <laughs> well, you see, Ryan, it, here's my thing. Uh, I think we have enough <laughs> racing games on the, on the Xbox platform, and those games are Forza and Forza. <laughs> so like, we got our Forza games, we got the Arcade one, and we got the Sim one. Just take any developer who worked on interstate or blur if anybody from bazaar is still at Activision, well, right no, well yeah if they're the studio My closed computer. uh huh well counterpoint destin <laughs> even though forza horizon is amazing why not let them let playground take a break for three or four years do an interstate 76 game and then come back to horizon refreshed after making something else and we get we get something else besides another horizon game as awesome as those are is so was interstate kind of like was interstate like a uh because it's called interstate 76 76 yeah so it was set in 1976 oh it's okay. like the gas crisis yeah so is it like a uh, road trip simulator? Is it really just, is it it's a, a car game? combat game car with like a, <laughs> with like an, but with a, a pretty heavy story element to it. Really? Um, okay. So that's, it is that's tough so to it, describe. So, so it is yeah. different than what, um, Forza has to offer then. I think it's oh, yeah. different. I think there are no guns on the cars in Forza. Oh my God. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's different enough that it could totally exist in the space now, at least Thank for me. You. Cause like, I think that'd be really funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause the name itself is not very exciting though. So I think they should rename it. Maybe interstate, like, I don't know. Said it in the nineties. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I, yeah. Or just something it's... to like make it sound a little bit more exciting. Because interstate makes me think of like, oh, it's like a, a um, road a trip simulator. Sim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see where you'd, you'd say it's that. It's so funny too because watching the footage from this, this just really makes me want a new Road Blasters or a driver game. Like that's <laughs> exactly blasters. what it wants me that's, to. That to, is, to, to I get. had that. I had the. <laughs> of course, I mean, Road Blasters was. I think Midway. Right? remembers the arcade cabinet with the yeah. yoke the steering yeah. yoke and, yep uh i had the the nes port for that the on the original nintendo oh yeah which i mm -hmm. love that game you pick up the green globes of fuel to keep going yep. the energy yep. um oh yeah wow. wow i haven't seen this in forever my goodness what wait what is this now yeah what is this i remember this i just don't remember the name this of it road blasters but it's like anime. I like this. Wait, this is yeah, cool. this is kind of dope. Looks like an eighties yeah. cartoon <laughs> in the very best of ways. Yeah, for sure. That looks kind of crazy good. Um, that actually is really cool. Whatever that was, <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Red just dug out something good that stumped. Yeah, that stumped what's that us. red? Yeah, um, what's that red? Oh, it is Road Blaster. That arcade. was the arcade version. Wow, the NES what? version looked 
not good by comparison, which... Yeah, that's totally different. I, yeah. I thought it was a third-person... I remember it, it being third-person perspective. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, I would... There was also a sequel, Interstate 82, set in 1982. Yeah, um, that's what I there, remember. That's Road Blasters. There that's it is. That's Road Blasters, yeah. That, yeah, that's there we are. Um, oh, I think I remember playing this, but I was really bad at it. This was fun back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, you just infinite scroll. Yeah. Infinite scroll. So uh but no, I'm I'm going Interstate 76 and I'd love to see Playground do it. They'd knock it out of the park. So um there you go. I think we've we've listed a bunch of what would be really fun revivals for uh for Microsoft to dig into <laughs> if any of their studios express interest in it. That's yeah. that's the key that we heard from Phil here. Love it. Uh let's see here. We've got to make a decision. I guess we've got, gosh, there's, all right. There's so much to, I guess we're going to keep, we're just going to power on. <laughs> Let's do it. We're going to power on. Um, next up, Call of Duty. Yes, I know you're tired of hearing about it in, in relation to this acquisition and what's going to happen to it. Phil also talked about on the official Xbox podcast that their goal is, quote, 100% parity on content specifically across all platforms. He says, quote, the players on PlayStation and in the future on Nintendo, I want you to feel 100% part of the community. I don't want you to feel like there's content you're missing out on, skins you're missing out on, timed, I think he, he says timing you're missing out on, which I think he's referring to timed exclusive DLC. That's not the goal. The goal is 100% parity across all platforms as much as we can for launch and content. So, uh, in the 360 days, Stella, mm -hmm. Microsoft, the Xbox, got the 30-day exclusives on the DLC. Right. Then, the, the script flipped in the uh, PS4 era and basically ever since then, where PlayStation got the content on a timed exclusive basis. Khalif, wouldn't it be hilarious if Phil actually came out and said, you know what? Well, now that we own all this and we're, we're bringing Call of Duty to Nintendo Switch and we want to build our audience there, we're going to make all the DLC 30-day exclusive on the Switch. Wouldn't that, that would just cause such an internet meltdown that I would pay to see it. I want to see it so bad. Please do it, Phil. Do it for me, Phil. <laughs> Only I just want to see the same see... quality as what Mortal Kombat looked like on the Switch. <laughs> exactly that. That's exactly what I want. I want it to be muddy. I want the textures to not pop in right. I want your guns to not shoot properly. I want all of those things. <laughs> That's not true. I, it would be kind of cool to see the the flip of that script happen, but also it's like would be antithetical to all the messaging that Phil has been putting out for the past couple yeah. of years, which. Which, which is what he probably does not want, which is already the, the conversation flipping into that space. I mean, this is a great olive branch again, I think, in terms of saying this out loud to, to all the folks on the PlayStation side, too, where that was a big fear of a lot of PlayStation fans was that we were going to lose content and that they were going to lose the ability to kind of see things day and date. And if this is going to be what, what the kind of messaging is and, and the continued kind of ways that they want to work, then this is a great thing for everybody involved, is to say, we're doing this and we're not going to leave you out in the cold and have you kind of waiting for everybody else to, to play through their content. So this is a good thing from Phil. I think Phil is nailing this in the ways that he, he needed to. 
Destin, welcome back from your technical difficulty. We were just talking, we were just joking about how- The whole how... computer just froze. <laughs> I could hear you all still. Go figure. So, okay, good. We, we were yeah, just- I agree. We were just talking about how the, the ultimate troll move by <laughs> Phil would be to, to have, uh, to, to take the all Call of Duty DLC and make it 30-day exclusive to the Nintendo Switch version. That would be the ultimate <laughs> troll move that would burn down I, the internet. I saw your tweet. There were a lot of strong reactions about Phil confirming again, which he has already said for the last two years, right. that they're not going to be messing with the Call of Duty franchise. Like, how many times are y'all going to ask him the same question? Like, it's <laughs> he's been saying the same thing for two years. He's not going to, like, close the deal and be like, ha-ha, gotcha. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh... This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events. TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. One last piece of the post-acquisition, now that it's done and in the books. This is maybe uh, the second to last time we ever have to talk about this dude. One of the one of the least liked people in the games industry, at least from the perspective <laughs> of gamers. Although I, 
I think this call also extends the development community, but I can't speak for them entirely. But Mr. Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, he will remain at the head of the company only until the end of 2023. In an email to all Activision Blizzard employees, Kotick said that Phil Spencer had asked him to stick around as CEO to the end of the year. Quote, I've long said that I am fully committed to helping with the transition. Phil has asked me to stay on as CEO of ABK, reporting to him, and we agreed that I will do that through the end of 2023. We both look forward to working together on a smooth integration for our teams and players. Well, Destin, I know you'll have something to say about this one. So now that Wait, you're back from stop. the technical void. Don't go. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't do Gene Wilder like Gene Wilder, but y'all get the reference. Uh -huh. Wait, stop. Don't go. <laughs> You'll be so missed. Or the, the Jeremy. I, I was wrong, though. I thought yeah. they would keep him on longer. Oh. I, I was wrong. I thought Kodak would be on longer, and uh, he's gone. And I'm happy about that, actually. I think that needed to happen. Khalif, Kodak the, comments? The, yeah, I mean, the, the, fu the funniest thing that I've seen people on the internet talk about was like, oh, my God, he's going to stay on for another. I was like, come on, y'all. It's two months. It's Those fine. two months are going to fly by. It'll be okay. Yeah. And he'll be gone and chilling in his golden parachute, going to white parties with Jay-Z. I know I've seen the videos on, on the internet <laughs> of it happening. So I think, you know, everyone will get their win at the end of the year, and that'll be great. Bye, Bobby. <laughs> Bye, Bobby. Sum summed up very well. Yeah. Stella? Okay. Happy to see you. You're like, yeah, good, all right. My reaction to that was okay. <laughs> like, you know, drop off your bags at, at, at the exit and uh, see ya. You know, it's it's like I I think Xbox was like, yeah, you know what? Starting twenty twenty four, my New Year's resolution. Uh, we're starting things out right. So they're just like New Year, new me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I go ahead, Destin. Yeah, one thing the one of the reasons that I was very for the merger was because. I thought it meant better working conditions for the people at the company. So right around the time it was announced, all this, all these terrible allegations were coming out and being reported by the media. A, a lot of it was proven in court and they were sued. So for, for some of the stuff that transpired, it's really, really terrible stuff. So knowing that Bobby will be gone because it happened on his command and some of it, like some of the emails and such, like we're directly from him. Um, I'm glad he's gone. I think it sends a pretty clear message about Microsoft's goals for the workplace. And even in their official announcement, they doubled down on creating a better work environment for these employees at the company. I'm happy about that. It seems like everybody who works there is happy about it, about the, the change with celebrations from people on the Activision side, people on the Microsoft side welcoming them into the family. Like you can say it's PR, but that it seems really genuine to me that most people are happy about this coming to pass. Yeah, well said. And that's, uh, you know, I, I tweeted this the when the acquisition was, was finalized last Friday, which was ironically, somewhat ironically, Friday the 13th, <laughs> just spooky day. But um, <laughs> I guess it's not ironic, it's just interesting, but, uh, yeah, it's the the key Thank you, here. Red. <laughs> Thank you. Red. The, the key here, uh, as far as Microsoft is concerned, for me is 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 exactly what you're talking about, Destin. It is 
It is transforming the culture, uh, flushing out the toxicity in that workplace culture at all levels of the company, from the very top all the way down. Uh, and and saying goodbye to Kodak is is a significant first piece of that. Now I completely understand and I share the frustration with the community online. I know when I was tweeting about this, people were like, "Ah, oh, yeah, but he's going to get like a." Because apparently the, the he's set to re Reuters had reported this is where it came from a, a legitimate news organization reported that Kodak is set to receive a golden parachute of at least. <clears throat> I just want to make make sure I I don't stumble through this with, with a with a you know scratchy throat. Three hundred and ninety million dollars. Yes, that's three nine zero million dollars, or eighty percent of the way to half a billion dollars is is one other way to look at that. Uh, the majority of which is based on stock purchased and awarded through incentive based compensation. So I completely understand the frustration with. Oh, gosh, yeah, this guy. I mean, it's, you know, we're talking basketball at the top of the podcast. Uh, Khalif, it's not unlike Donald Sterling and Robert Sarver being <clears throat> effectively forced out of their ownership positions in the NBA, and but getting to make literal billions of dollars on their on their way out, despite their documented transgressions as as not just um owners and and the heads of corporations effectively or what nba teams are but also just as human beings and it's not fair there's nothing fair about that um but i mean i'm not gonna argue that bobby kodak was a good guy but he started the company and he sold the company so like i don't i don't know what the alternative it is you're right really. i mean there is you know, that's right it, you know, like he's gonna get to separate paid for the company two. he founded yeah but like yeah he he will be remembered for his failures in leadership you know and like you look at somebody like ricatello over at at the unity situation yeah. and his failures. like <clears throat> i hope i hope people start recognizing that gee controversy seems to be following these people let's not hire them for these leadership positions and then end up in the next controversy that they're surrounded by you know like this should be it let's get them out of here well you know, you know i I do. I know we, we might not want to talk about it, but I do want to just raise the question here because I think it's a reasonable question. To your point, Destin, Bobby Kotick did think whatever you think of him as a person, he turned that company into an absolute jug financial juggernaut. Mm -hmm. That that is, you know, you, you can't you can't separate the two things, but that. Those they're both true that he he was not the best human being, but that he was also a, extraordinarily successful as the CEO of that company. And so, I looked up Bobby Kotick's age, and uh, the the internet does not know his exact age, but he's believed to be <laughs> fifty nine or sixty, just right, yeah. you know, right around there. Yep. And so, what I want to pose to all three of you, I'll start with with Khalif on this is. If you're another publisher, small, medium-sized, or big, do you hire Bobby Kotick to run your company? You know, when you take into account both sides of it, right? The 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 sort of toxicity that that fostered under him, but also 
the financial success, you know, it is, is, and that's assuming he wants to keep working. And given how young he is, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what gets him off is like the thrill of making companies billions of dollars. Maybe he wants to go and just buy an island and, and go away forever. But, you know, guys mm -hmm. like that tend to be wired. <laughs> Uh, you have to you describe guys, that for the audience. You guys really need to watch on video this week because our producer Red is is extra on fire. Oh, Red is killing usual. It today. Um, oh man, Red is commenting on the show as it happens without speaking. <laughs> uh, is is probably the best way to put that. But uh, but Khalif, seriously, like, what do you think? D does yeah. does another publisher out there go? Hey, this guy, we could we could <clears throat> I'm sure have to pay him a ton of money, give him a ton of stock, but we, we might want to bring this guy in to to tr turn us around. Well, I'll, I think it kind of lands into two different camps, right? I think one, no company is going to do that work publicly and have him be be a part of their a, a part of their company in a in a public facing manner. These are the kinds of moves that happen where a guy like Bobby Kotick leaves the the job that he was doing prior and then makes a ton of money on the back end consulting or being a silent investor, or maybe he go, I can see him going into the VC space doing after this kind of work where <clears throat> that's the best kind of use of his skills is to come in and look at other projects and say, yeah, we want to invest in this and, and, and potentially help it get off the ground. But also with the public layer that he's had that he's been a part of for so long and all the kind of bad energy that's been alongside that there's no real reason for him to do anything except that other kind of work you don't need the public i uh, uh you know visibility in that way because you've had it for over a decade plus you've built one of the biggest companies in the world so you don't really need to do that again and you can still make enough money that you're going to continue to have money make money for you at this point. You don't have to do anything but sit in the back and make decisions and hit buttons. So I think it doesn't really behoove anybody to do that work alongside him publicly because that just brings bad visibility to your project. And also, he doesn't need that kind of kind of kind of move in there. He's he's partying in the Maldives with 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 uh, Robert Kraft and rappers. Like he doesn't have to do anything else now but sit in the back and collect money. So, yeah, I, I don't think it'll happen. Oh my! Uh, God. I think he's done. <laughs> yeah, it's if people who are not watching the video, this is like a Scrooge McDuck version yeah. of him. All right. So, so <laughs> I mean, like, thinks he's out. Destin, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he could still advise. If Steve Jobs was still alive today, people would consult him also for yeah. advice. Like he was never going to go anywhere. But there's a lot of documented instances where he was a straight up jerk to people <laughs> live during presentations he'd be like you fix this thing you know like in front of press and everybody so like steve jobs different category of of uh rudeness with his style of leadership uh in certain cases and i that's probably a controversial thing to say but i mean like you can go watch the video montages of him doing stuff live on on stage that was just like very disrespectful to his employees right so kodak absolutely could land somewhere advise from a business perspective about things and and be successful but you don't think he'll he'll be the ceo of another game publisher again i think he's done i think he's done all right I, I, I think he i think he's gonna walk away from games what do you think i think so too i i've definitely met i've definitely met people who are codec apologists so i definitely don't think there are people who would 
turn him away. Like they, they would definitely be okay with working with him. Um, but that if they did want him to take over their company, I think that would be an incredibly selfish move that would probably make their entire team either walk out on them or heavily protest it. So I don't think, I don't think he'd be doing that. I think what Destin said about advising, that's probably going, probably the most realistic thing. Um, like a board role or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't think he'd be in, you would be stupid to put him in a leadership role. So. Well, I, uh, yeah. All right. So I, I, I'm, I think I'm the only one here that th- I just think money talks in with these, I mean, look no further than his entire tenure at Activision Blizzard. And, and again, I'm not rooting. Let me make it clear. I'm not rooting for him mm-hmm. to just resurface anywhere. Uh, he, he's made enough money for a hundred lifetimes. He could like, like you say, Kai, he could, he could just go to parties with celebrities forever and make and and make millions off of interest alone in his bank account mm-hmm. and and he'll live the greatest possible life and he you know he's only if he's only 59 60s got <laughs> he's still got plenty of time to enjoy that money but guys like that people like that often are just wired for they've just got to have that sort of thrill of the hunt for lack of a better mm-hmm. term of, mm-hmm. of trying to you know, I want to be, you know, I want to l- turn my company into the biggest thing. And I thought, okay, well, who, you know, who could bring him in if they were thinking about, all right, maybe who, who would even think about it? Ubisoft PlayStation. Is out. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That would be amazing. Um, uh, they no. have an open spot. They do right? have an open spot, but I don't think uh, the, the Japanese owned. I don't think Sony is gonna is gonna do that. Um, but I, I like I like the thought in terms of the chaos that could potentially ensue. Uh, but Ubisoft would be out. They're kind of family run, right? Which granted, mm-hmm. the the uh, they. Guillermo, they've got their own problems going on at that company right now uh, that I don't think Kodak fixes. So I don't think he works there. There's 2K, Strauss Zelnick, he's been there forever. I don't see him going anywhere. But the one that comes to mind that I think, just saying, you know, maybe keep it in the back of your mind. The one I think is the most plausible is Embracer Group. You know they've oh. got they've they're they're kind of do already, they have a spot? They're well they're they're in a weird position where they've got they've been spending a ton of money on studios trying to grow really fast. Their money comes from questionable sources, let's say. So maybe is the, it from Saudi Arabia? Didn't Saudi Arabia pull out and they just had to like close a bunch of stuff? Well, no, that was a separate deal. Um, but that's but, why they had to close everything because yes, they that, lost right. the deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm I'm just saying like this is a the Embracer is a, a publisher that's trying to become a big deal, trying to make big moves, and I could see them backing up the Brinks truck to Kodak's front door and saying, you know what, come, we're on the way up, come and lead us to to become one of the biggest publishers in the world. I'm not saying they will or should, definitely not saying they should, but I just that's the one that makes the most sense to me out of all mm. the other. You know, you go down the list, Square, Capcom, uh, Namco, Bandai Namco, uh, Warner Brothers. Embracer's the one that makes 
that makes the most sense to me. So we'll see. That's he, a good point. You know, it, it, it'll probably, I don't think they can afford him. Well, I think they could. I think they would just give him whatever he wants because uh, they, you know, if if they really thought that he had the he had the 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 talent, the business talent within him to 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 help, you know, send them into the stratosphere of a trajectory, then I think they'd pay him a boatload of money. But yeah, we'll see what happens. That's a good point. We'll see what happens. All right, let me see where we're at time wise here. All right, we got about ten minutes. I want to do one last story. I want to end on good news rather than Kodak, who no one likes. Bobby, no one likes you. Just FYI. I've been listening <laughs> to this. Uh, here's some good news. So Starfield was the best-selling game of September 2023, even with Game Pass, even with so many people playing on Game Pass. It beat well, Mortal Kombat 1, Yeah, which... Now, granted, mm. Mortal, you know, Mortal Kombat won on multiple platforms. It did come out later in the month on the 19th, whereas uh, Starfield basically had all of September. It officially September 6th, but it had the early access thing. But uh, Starfield number one, Mortal Kombat one number two, EA Sports FC 24, the artist formerly known as FIFA at number three. <laughs> Madden NFL 24 at number four, then Payday 3, NBA 2K24, The Crew Motorfest, that's a little bit of a surprise, Armored Core 6 at number eight, Hogwarts Legacy hanging around making money hand over fist at number nine, and rounding out the top 10, Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty from last, last October. Yeah. So uh, congratulations to everybody at Bethesda. That's Destin, is that the first time that uh, an, an Xbox game has topped the sales charts in the Game Pass era that you can recall? Oh, I, I think Forza Horizon 5. I know it had some interesting stuff, but I, I'm not sure, but that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, it's because I, I, think, I think it's fair that the narrative had been, well, you know, so many people are going to play it on Game Pass. There's, what, 25 million Game Pass subscribers that you know, there's no way it's going to top the NPD list, especially over something like Mor Mortal Kombat is... That's really surprising. Massive. Yeah. A, mm. a, a, a juggernaut of a video game, sales-wise. So, uh, well, yeah. That's not what the internet... The internet told me it didn't do well at all, and everything's <laughs> bad about Starfield, I thought. Khalif, are you surprised at Starfield at number one here? No. I mean, Starfield's a really good game. They put out a crap ton of marketing for that thing. That thing was everywhere once once launch was out and pre-launch. I've not seen a rollout of that kind of PR for a long time in the, in that big of a way. So shout out to, to the entire Bethesda team for really pushing and, and making a great game that everybody really, really is digging. So good good for them. That's cool. Yeah, Stella, I, like, I don't think Halo Infinite was I don't think it, so. well, I don't think it was no. number one in no. December of 2021 on the NPD charts. There's no a lot of Game Pass, but not you know, yeah, not enough to top, not enough uh, other sales to top the charts. Yeah, it's it's really awesome that they beat out another game that's that's also very that that comes from you know developers that are very good at what they do, and it was on several platforms. And also, I played this game on Game Pass as well. I know a lot of people who did, but the fact that this mm. is number one, that's kind of crazy to me. Like that. Good for them. That's awesome. There's a lot of controversies surrounding Starfield. You know, even even Dan Stapleton's review is controversial. People are talking about the bugs. Some people don't like the gameplay. Some people love the gameplay and how they feel immersed in that world. But at the end of the day, 
a lot of people bought copies of the game. So the wider consensus is that they translate to sales. The question is, where will it be in the coming months? Yeah, I, I think I think the thing is that a lot of people played it, and um, I, th I think people figure out within five to ten hours if they like it or not. And I think that's mm -hmm. fair. I, I think that's a fair timeline of it. And I, I think longevity-wise, I, I think I saw somewhere that people are already going over to Skyrim to play because they're like, oh, I, I think I like <laughs> this type of game more. Which, like, it's fine. The space exploration isn't for everyone, right? But I, I do love that they have a new entry in this that does kind of lean more sci-fi, which I prefer. So, which, I like that. Like, well, yeah. here's what I would say for the long tail of Starfield. There's a couple pieces of it. Number one people are going to continue to come into the Xbox ecosystem yes. over the next, you know, three to five years, the rest of this generation. I hope so. Either through <laughs> PC gaming, you know, maybe they're going to, you know, do jump on as a PC gamer or they'll buy a Series S or a Series X. And two, Todd Howard's games have always had hugely long tails. They just, because mm -hmm. there's word of mouth, they're so big, they just, they become these almost... Mods. Yeah, mo thank you. Mods is a, is a great uh, shout too. So, you know, Skyrim being the quintessential example, it's one of the best-selling games of all time, but Fallout 4 was the same way. Oblivion was the same way. Morrowind was the same way. Fallout 4 continued to do well for a long time. So I, I think that uh, Starfield is, is, I don't know if it's going to necessarily... I don't think it's going to be number one next month for October. That's that. If it is, I'd be really impressed because yeah. of uh, <clears throat> Spider-Man two coming out in October and super Mario brothers wonder coming out in October and a bunch oh, yeah. of other stuff. Um, I keep forgetting about that. Game. But it could it be on the top 10 still next month? Absolutely. And will it have a long tail? I really do think it's, it's going to continue to sell well game we, pass or not for a while. Yeah. Destin, we got to, we got to mention the Pete Hines thing, right? Doing that, right? It. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. I was going to say it's his final game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so that's before we do trivia, yeah. our final piece is to say goodbye to our friend, uncle Pete, Pete Hines, the, uh, head of publishing at Bethesda is, is calling it a, a career 24 years at Bethesda. You know, we talk about like Kodak being there since the the very beginning and growing, you know, being at the uh, at the head of the table while Activision became this this massive third party publisher. Well, Pete Hines was has been at Bethesda since they were just the Todd Howard's team and the Elder Scrolls games. That's how far mm -hmm. back Pete Hines goes. They became a publisher, publishing. Silly, the, some littler things in the beginning, like um, there was a really bad game called, oh shoot, I want to say it's like Rebellion something, Rebellion 20, anyway, there was, uh, they published a, a pretty good Star Trek game called Star Trek Legacy, I believe it was, it was a strategy game in, in the, their first <laughs> days of, of trying to be a publisher, and then they grew into, you know, all the, getting all the studios, uh, buying id software, and Getting getting it under there with uh, with Doom and and everything that that it's up to, uh, Ghostwire or excuse me not Ghostwire, uh, Tango GameWorks, all the mm -hmm. all those Bethesda studios that are now of course under Microsoft. Pete's been there since the beginning, and he let me just read his his uh, his statement his retirement statement here. 
I've lost my place in the show. Uh, where'd it go? Here we go. He says, I am retiring and will begin an exciting new chapter of my life, exploring interests and passions, donating my time where I can, and taking more time to enjoy life. Khalif, uh, have, you, have you interacted much with Pete over the years? Yeah, Pete is one of the nicest people I've ever met in the industry. I, I'm, it's funny now because we're seeing now this kind of, I wouldn't say mass retirement from multiple people, but we're seeing a lot of folks who we've kind of grown up watching and, and, you know, especially if you've been in the industry for a bit, I've had some, some space to kind of interact with kind of leave. And I'm sad. I never got an interview with, with Pete Hines cause he's an amazingly cool cat who I remember going to my first Bethesda after show when they did a lot of the Bethesda E3 stuff. Uh, and they'd have this really cool room where they would get all the games together. You'd be to have a chance to play and they would serve really good food. And they'd have those big, like medieval times drumsticks that you would eat uh and I, I was like getting a chance to introduce myself and had a big i was like mid drumstick <laughs> getting a chance to say hello to pete hines so it was a very very fun moment for me and also a little bit embarrassing but every time that i got a chance to to, to talk to pete he's just been one of the kindest dudes in, in the industry who really understands that commitment that they have to making sure that the players feel good about what they're putting out i've seen him spend multiple hours talking to fans after 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 events and things like that and, and and going and talking to people all the time so like he he will be a person who will be missed in that space and he's very much tied to the Bethesda legacy um sad to see him go but happy to see him 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 going into a space where he will get some time to not think about all the kind of scuttlebutt that has to happen within the gaming space and, and just go and chill so shout out to him and happy trails because he's he's amazingly dope Stella any parting words for Uncle Pete um, I, I like that he said he's going to explore his passion. So I just imagine him taking like cooking classes or woodworking classes. And I'm like, yeah, he's <laughs> that creative mind. Like, I, I like that idea that he wants to take some time off to just kind of, you know, figure out what else he wants to do. Destin, you, you, you think he he stuck around specifically for his buddy, Todd Howard, who he's been alongside for all these years to, to see Starfield through launch? Well, he definitely stuck around to see Starfield through launch. That was part of it. Um, Maybe he had planned on retiring, but he's like, I, I want to make sure that Starfield finishes first. But I, I will say for Microsoft, Pete is not the kind of person you want to lose because mm -hmm. he was the one in all those internal documents asking a lot of important but tough questions on the behalf of consumers and on the behalf of, of gamers that I didn't see anybody else asking. So Microsoft needs to have answers for those types of questions when they're asked publicly. And Pete was the one asking those tough questions behind closed doors so that the company was prepared to answer them. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's unfortunate to see him go. Um, uh, I, I think he really, really loves gaming. I hope he gets a little bit of much deserved R&R. &R and uh, obviously like Microsoft said, they wish him the best. And I don't know anybody who would not. He seems like a genuine person and, uh, I really hope he gets some rest, rel relaxation, and time off that he he has earned. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I can't help but since he did use the term retirement, I do wonder. He's a young man. I wonder if he had some serious equity that that may have just vested a few years after the yeah the act was. And again, well deserved to him if he did because he's been there since again when Bethesda was one team making one game and now they were they were bought for seven and a half billion dollars he he certainly uh deserves a piece of that if if in fact you know he's got he's got some a nice payday coming his way but but yeah I first started working with Pete Hines 
back at the beginning of my career, which was, you know, I'm, I'm in this 20 years at this point. I feel like the, I think I, I asked him, I emailed him to ask him for a copy of Morrowind on the original Xbox when I, <laughs> like shortly after I started at official Xbox magazine, because I wanted to check the game out and I knew it was a big deal. It, it had been one of the early, early big games on the original Xbox that, that came out before I started working at OXM. And, uh, we worked a lot together on oblivion coverage because Pete used to be the PR guy before he moved up mm -hmm. and became the head of publishing. He was, he was the, the guy that we as media people would interface with. So I worked with him a lot, uh, on a, a lot of oblivion coverage in 2004 and 2005. Uh, I still remember when I went out there to do back when exclusive reviews were a thing, we got the exclusive review of oblivion for OXM and given how far in advance magazines work, and this was back before day one patches, games would be done way in advance because they'd get submitted to the certification team to then be just tested and approved and, and they'd be done reasonably well in advance, which aligned with the magazine time. So I flew out there and uh, back then their office was in the basement of this office complex. They had like the, the very, <laughs> it was an underground floor. Uh, and and in this they set me up in this conference room and I spent, I've told this story before, but I spent four days playing 11 hours a day. And I stayed at a hotel directly next door. So I just walk out, walk, walk next door, go to bed, wake up, come back and keep playing Oblivion. And that was all, you know, that was all uh, I work with Pete on that. So Pete, uh, if you're hearing this, enjoy your retirement. I echo the, the sentiments of my colleagues. It is well earned, good sir. All right, that... Brings us to the end. We're going to have to hold trivia for next week. But that is the end of uh, another another long episode of Podcast <laughs> Unlocked. It's been good times. Any parting thoughts, Stella? Want to give yourself a, a promotion? Anything cool you got coming up? Uh, yes. If you're at TwitchCon this weekend, I have a panel sat Sunday morning at 10. Um, so be there if you're there. If not, uh, I will also be live streaming the... Um, oh, my God my next powerlifting meet, which is not this Saturday, but next Saturday. So yeah. Where's TwitchCon this year? Uh, it's in Vegas. Nice. Yeah. Which, uh, yes. uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> time of year weather-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. At least it's, it's not in the summertime. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Good stuff. Have fun with those. Thank you. It'd be good. Khalif? Uh, Spawn of Me Goodness is, is still everywhere that you can find it. I'm also very happy that we will no longer be talking about ABK <laughs> stories <laughs> on the show. Thank God for that. Uh, yeah, just excited to, to, to continue to make it some, some fun stuff out in the world. We just got our, our big PC uh, uh, share. Uh, we got some new rigs for the, for the new studio. So that nice. stuff has been really, really cool. And yeah, just continuing to, to make good stuff is with amazing folks. So excited to be rocking with y'all. Awesome. We love having you. Destin? Yeah, Twitter X at Destin Laguerre, uh, YouTube at Destin L or the Destin channel, uh, and right here on IGN. Good stuff. Uh, I'm on X, DMC underscore Ryan. I reviewed Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Not an Xbox thing, obviously, yeah. but if that game is of interest to you, you can check out my review on IGN.com or on YouTube.com slash IGN. Hope you'll enjoy reading or watching it. Thank you. Extra big thanks this week to our super producer, Red, for adding plenty of, of extra color to the show this week. Extra, <laughs> extra strokes of the paintbrush 
on the on the video version this week, which we always appreciate. So uh, Stella, Khalif, Destin, thank you all so much. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening. And we shall return in one week's time. Hi, I'm S.E., one of the hosts of Bitches on Comics, the most welcoming place for LGBTQ plus folks and women to chat comics, fiction, and pop culture. Bitches are both wanted and encouraged on our podcast. We speak with amazing guests about the media they've created, critiqued, and loved. And you don't have to just take our word for the great time we're having over here. We've been named a Best Comic Book Podcast by several publications, including Book Riot, The Mary Sue, and Comic Book Herald. So tune in and listen to us talk with your faves like Carmen Maria Machado, Amy Chu, Mari Naomi, Anthony Oliveira, and many, many others. Our whole goal is to include more folks in the comic book and pop culture world and to help new readers find comics and speculative books they'll love, with no shade for being new. You can find Bitches on Comics wherever you get your podcasts, and you can learn more at bitchesoncomics.com.